of the Peaceful Body Podcast. I'm your host, Inez Bai, as well as a health and mindset coach. And today we have an incredible interview with one of my former clients and now good friend, Saskia, who I am so excited and delighted to be bringing you this interview. We literally talk at length about intuitive eating, ditching diet culture, getting comfortable with your body, overcoming the fear of weight gain, and so much more. It's literally such a juicy episode and you'll hear how we just bounce off each other completely. I always have the best conversations with Saskia. I'm so grateful to have worked with her as a client and to now have this beautiful relationship and we go to the gym all the time and it just makes my soul really happy. So thank you so much, Saskia, for coming on and being so open and sharing all of your experiences and what she's learning as well because she's actually studying to be an intuitive eating counselor and it's just an incredible episode. So get ready for this. Um, Before we launch into the interview, I also want to announce something really exciting. I am hosting the last free masterclass for this year. If you have been to one of my masterclasses before, you will know that I do not hold back at all. It is literally an hour of me just giving you everything that I can on whatever topic that I feel is most aligned or most needed in the world in the time that we are at. And I feel like now that 2020 is wrapping up, a lot of us are starting to assess what did I even do this year and am I doing the right thing and how can I be better and what am I going to do in 2021 and so much uncertainty and fear can come up and pop up and we really have never been taught how to actually manage that and navigate it. So I wanted to create a masterclass that was going to be really helpful for just that, which is why the masterclass is called Making Uncertainty Your Bitch. Because if you can learn how to manage uncertainty and not let it make you fall down a spiral of what ifs and instead be able to actually move forwards with what it is that you truly desire without letting fear hold you back all the time, then you're going to be so much more powerful and you're going to be making strides towards the things that you truly desire. And it's not that we don't experience fear but it's just about knowing the right tools to have in place so that we can continue to move forwards and make the best of next year and you know wrap up the end of 2020 in the best way that we know how so I would absolutely love for you to join me like I said it's totally free it's going to be next Wednesday the 16th of December at 7 p.m you can sign up through the link in the show notes um, or otherwise if you follow me on Instagram as well I'll be posting information about that too and it will be in the link in my bio on Instagram at Inezbuy. All right, so let's get stuck in today's episode. Um, If you enjoy this episode, we would love to hear your feedback. We would love to see you sharing it on your story. You can tag me, Inezbuy, on Instagram, and you can also tag Saskia at intuitivelyeaten, and I will leave intuitively.eaten, I should specify, and I will leave, again, all of our contact details in the show notes. All right, enjoy. All right. Good morning, Saskia. I'm here in your beautiful house, terrace, house, House, whatever. It doesn't even matter. I'm here in the inner west and I'm so excited to be doing this podcast episode with you today because obviously we've worked together in the past. We've gotten to know each other really well. Um, and I know that from everything that we've been speaking about, we always have the best chats around intuitive eating, body image, mindset, and beyond. So I'm really excited to have you on the Peaceful Body Podcast. Welcome. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so very welcome. So I guess let's start with introducing who you are, what you do, what you, what your passions are, and then we can dive into today's topics a little bit more. Great. So I am Saskia. I'm a lover of many things. Yes. Uh, love music. That's kind of part of my day job as well. Uh, Kitchen discos, love kitchen discos. <laughs> yes, I'm bit, all about that. A bit more tame um, with a six-year-old than they used to be. 
Um, I love learning new things mm. and researching and I'm really passionate about intuitive eating, food freedom and helping other people escape the trap yes. of diet culture. Yes. Uh, and also love moving my body and exercise mm. and as you know, meditation and anything self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've definitely noticed about you and I've loved getting to see that unfold is like once you learn one thing, you love to like really flesh it out and get to like the nitty gritty bottom of it. Like I, and I, it's been so cool to see that over the past couple of months of getting to know you and it's been really inspiring for me. Like you have just like latched onto so many things and really just gone all in on them, which has been so cool because now we get to share that on the podcast as well. Yes, yes. I do tend to get obsessed yeah. with something and if I love it, I just kind of go down a rabbit hole and want to know everything about it. So, yeah, yes. I can absolutely relate. And I think like when I um, we speak about our human design as a manifesting generator, which I always have to slide in there because as a manifesting generator, you're someone that can learn things really quickly and you can get really passionate about things, but you go through lots of phases. And I found that's been so relevant in so many different areas of my life of like getting either getting really obsessed with food or getting really obsessed with like learning something. And it's just giving yourself the permission to switch phases all the time and to just like change tracks and be like really excited about one thing jump to the next thing jump to the next thing which isn't really like I guess normal in society kind of thing but you know it's so especially when we're talking about intuitive eating learning that about yourself and giving yourself permission to do that yeah it's so freeing isn't it it is it is and I think for me it was you know when I gave up dieting it was like the amount of commitment I had to dieting mm. I then put all that passion and commitment into you know, learning about intuitive eating and focused all my attention into that. So, yes. And it's obviously been uh, more rewarding, would you say, than dieting? Uh, definitely, mm. definitely more rewarding. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. this is why you're here today, because moving through that, going from a place of like dieting for so long and obviously placing like our self-worth on the way that we look and the number and the scales and everything like that, to then being able to channel all that energy into something that is more fulfilling, that it does feel more sustainable and something that you can really like learn from like the wisdom of your body that's such a big journey so yay i'm excited to get started with it yay awesome <laughs> so let's let's talk let's talk about food let's talk about um your experience of food growing up you know as a child or as a teenager whatever you're willing to share and how you felt in your own body and in your own skin and how that kind of influenced your journey with food up until this point now yeah okay so I grew up in a house with a real focus on health food, organic food, food as medicine. Mm. And so food was really categorized as good or bad food or, you know, healthy or unhealthy food. There was toxic food, there was junk food, lots of foods which should be avoided. Mm. And food was also commonly blamed for particular health conditions. So for me, I think that created a lot of anxiety and fear around food and it also meant that I felt like certain health conditions were my fault mm. from eating that food which I think is a big thing in wellness culture which is like it's your fault because you ate this particular food mm. um, and so as I grew up that meant that I kind of felt guilt and you know for the sort of food I bought and the sort of food I consumed and it was almost like the way my cupboard looked was mm. said something about my identity mm. or whether or not I was actually a healthy person or an unhealthy person. Yep. So that was my history of food growing up. And then I took all those sort of rules around food and then layered them mm. with all the other diet culture rules I yep. picked up over time, which of course 
all contradict each other. So, yeah. you know, in the 90s, it was the low fat. And then I went into, you know, low carb, high protein. But I kept all the rules from before. So by the time I got to the spot of finding food freedom, I just had so many rules. And it was just so confusing. Mm. Um, and I remember when we started working together, you got me to write a list of all my food rules. Yeah. And it just went on for pages and pages and mm. pages. And everything contradicted each other. Mm. So, you know, you've got don't eat processed food, but have a protein shake. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and don't, you know, avoid carbs, but eat heaps of whole grains and have full fat milk because it's the most whole version, mm. but have skim milk. Mm. So... Yeah, I think um, I think I just got to a point where there was so much noise in my mind about it, and I just was ready for freedom and a different way of thinking and doing things. Yeah, absolutely, and I can really relate to that experience of growing up as well because I grew up in a household where there was a lot of like good or bad foods or like health, like very healthy foods or very unhealthy foods. And I was just explaining to you before, like even to this day, Dad will still say things like, "Oh, well, we should eat brown bread because it's much better for you." And of course, like there are like more nutritious benefit you know it's so tricky to say it without trying to like put that food on a pedestal like there is some validity to it as well but when all of these things are layered on top of one another and you just assume them to be truth it gets extremely confusing to actually think okay well what do I really want and to go from that place of like having all these rules around dieting to then eating what you want Mm. that can be very disorientating especially if you don't realize that you're still kind of like caught up with a lot of your food rules because I'm assuming when you were kind of like coming to awareness around all of these rules. It's not like you were thinking, oh, that's a rule that I must follow. You were more just thinking, well, I'm a healthy person, so this is how I define myself. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And also I think it sets you up for this idea that food or, you know, eating in a healthy way is is all just about the nutrition of the food, yes, you know. Yeah. Eating and food is so much more than that. It's social, it's emotional, you know, it's pleasurable, but mm. you get so caught up in what is healthy. You know, it might be, you know, an apple might be more, you know, nutritionally dense than cake, mm. but at a party when everyone's eating cake, is it the most healthy option to eat an apple mm. or is it the most healthy option to kind of be there and celebrate with people? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that comes to the idea of like well being as a whole entity of mm. like, you know, your social, mental, emotional, physical all different parts of it and it's just reminding yourself that like healthy is not just the the nutritional content of food which is like I think we hear that a lot as well but actually reminding yourself okay what does it mean for me to be healthy as a whole person operating and living and functioning in a world that allows me to express myself fully and obviously if you're sitting there at a party thinking I really shouldn't be eating this or this is going to make do something bad to me and getting really stressed out about it like we know that that can lead to a whole host of other issues especially if especially when you eat food when you're really stressed like your body just like doesn't absorb it or you know digest it properly anyway but then outside of that as well you're not present in the moment you're not having and I'm sure you probably can resonate with that experience of when I was growing up especially as like a child or a teenager most of my memories are very clouded of just being worried about what I was eating Mm -hmm. and having no memory really of like what the events were or or, you know or feeling self-conscious of what my body looked like and not really remembering any of the other moments that were there at the, the time because I wasn't present and that and that in in and of itself 
isn't necessarily healthy, even though at the time I thought it was healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I remember backpacking and being in some of the most incredible countries mm. in the world, thinking about, you know, food the whole time and yeah. not actually enjoying this incredible place I was in, not eating delicious pastries when I was in Paris, yeah. you know, and just so focused on and I think as a as a culture in general, we focus on physical health and we just don't think about the mental side of it yeah. so being obsessed with food being fearful of food being anxious about what you eat all the time just isn't good for your mental emotional or spiritual health it just isn't mm. and we just don't think about that we just think about food as you know the be all and end all and it just isn't yeah absolutely and it's funny that you mentioned backpacking because this morning i had a facebook memory pop up from six years ago and I literally look like such a baby. But me and my friend are in um, Portugal doing um, stand-up paddleboarding. And that photo is so um, brings back so many memories for me because I remember at the time stand-up paddleboarding with my friend and she's like really tall, lean, and she's just built that way. And I remember going to Europe and feeling so much bigger than her, so much self-conscious, and also not really allowing myself to eat. Like I kind of followed what she was eating the whole time because I was like, well, she looks that way, so it must work the same for me even though we know that two people can eat the same exact same food and still look completely differently but anyway I just remember that feeling of always looking to her like very slyly oh if she eats the chips then I'm allowed to eat the chips or if she eats a salad then I better eat a salad because I don't want to fall behind her but oh you know in terms of like I might gain more weight or whatever thought that I was having but I remember so distinctly when we first took those photos in Lagos thinking oh my god I look so much bigger than her and I just felt really self-conscious and all of these very negative thoughts. And now when I look at that photo, I'm like a literal baby twig. And it's just, yeah. it's just wild when I think about how I, how I let myself, well not let myself, but like how all those memories are very much clouded with me feeling like so insecure and self-conscious from that, that trip. And like, I really made such a point of it. And I posted a video on my Instagram of like last week, maybe saying that like, even, even when I dieted and I tried to diet, diet before that trip, I was still unhappy when I got to Europe. So now I always make such an effort of being like, I'm not going to let the way that I think I should look make me feel upset and ruin, ruin another summer or another holiday. Yeah. Because even when you do think that you've done all the right things, your mind can still convince you that you don't look good enough. It's really about your belief system. It's abs- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think there's this whole thing that, you know, when you reach your quote unquote goal mm. weight, that you're going to feel different or happy and, you know, everything's mm. going to be amazing. But... I, I have the same thing with photos and I mm. never I never felt amazing when I reached that goal weight. Mm. When I reached it, then I was just paranoid about maintaining yeah. it. So it really is, it isn't just the external, it comes from how you feel about yourself, not just about, you know, the way you look. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. All right, so intuitive eating on that note. You yes. are an avid intuitive eater, which I love. And you're starting to become a certified intuitive eating coach. Yes. So tell us a little bit about like, I guess what that means and the principles of intuitive eating. Like there are obviously 10, but I think you're going to run through your, your faves or what, what feels most alive for you at the moment. Yeah. So there are, yeah, there are 10 principles of intuitive eating and really importantly, unlike diets, they're not rules, they're principles, Mm -hmm. they're gentle principles. And I think as dieters, we can often be searching for kind of black and white things to hold on to. Absolutely. So, you know, there are a lot of people who have tried intuitive eating and perhaps kind of turned it into a diet by, Mm. you know, doing the hunger and fullness diet, which is, you know, I can't 
eat until I'm at a you know specific point of hunger and I've got totally. to stop at a specific point of fullness. But really, yeah, they're gentle principles. So yes, there are ten of them and they're quite they're quite detailed. So I'll just I'll just go through a few of my favourites. Love it. And also just to say that there's a lot of nuance to these as well. So yeah. The first one, the first principle of intuitive eating, which is just so important, is reject the diet mentality. So Mm -hmm. that means throwing out all your um, diet books or programs and just getting away from all the rules and the shoulds and the should nots that diet culture gives us. And that includes things like the wellness diet. So... You know, yeah. we can sometimes get confused by, you know, move away by, you know, from traditional diets mm. into, oh, I'm just being healthy mm. or, you know, this is just for my wellness. But if it has rules and it's external things telling you what to eat and what should what you shouldn't eat, you're not actually listening to mm. your internal body's cues. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so that's the first one. And that's really important because diet culture shows up in all sorts of yeah, sneaky, doesn't sneaky it? forms. Yeah, like even even little things like... Well, the biggest question I continually get from my clients is how do I um, change conversations around food and the way... Because obviously, like, especially around family members or with friends, so many people just talk about dieting all the time and they don't even realize that it might you know have a negative impact or whatever so what's your like hot tip for if you're in those conversations what do you, what do you do um look it depends it depends what you kind of feel able to do yeah in the moment or how you think that person's going to respond to it i think but look at the moment i try just not to say too much because if mm. i do say too much i kind of Go on a rampage and then I start like you know throwing out all the science about diet not you know dieting not working and so I try yeah. and just you know keep it keep it together as much as I can but I think I think it's even people go oh yeah I don't have I don't have good or bad foods but you know certain foods are healthy yeah. and certain foods are unhealthy yeah but it's just like no no food in itself no one food in itself is healthy or unhealthy it's about the kind of the whole of what you're doing you know what you're eating how you're sleeping your levels Mm, of stress absolutely your levels of connection and joy in life so it's just yeah it's not that small yeah Mm. totally I think um for me as well I I used to get really like I guess like for lack of a better word, like triggered by people being like, Oh, I'm dieting or I'm going to try this new thing. And even like my housemate will say to me sometimes like, um, Oh, well I'm trying to be lean, like get a bit leaner at the moment. And actually it's so funny. We went to the, um, the shopping center the other day. And I know that I would have done this like in the past with like friends or, partners or whatever when I went to the supermarket but he was then looking at the back of all the nutritional labels and like looking for what had the most protein in it and it was making our shop go so much longer and I was like wow this is probably some like weird thing from the universe of being like look what you used to make people do and now you're on the other end of it and you know I'm obviously very like relaxed around food and I would say that I eat very intuitively and it was just like such an interesting experience to be on the other side of that especially like you know it's been like a two or three four year gap since I would have checked nutritional labels in the way that he was doing it 
And I was just kind of like, is it even going to make, like it's in my head, I was like, it's just not even going to make that much of a difference. You know, like you spend so much time obsessing over, well, this one's got three more grams of protein in it, but you're there for so much longer and it makes your shop like so much more. And you end up buying the thing just because it's got more protein in it, not because you necessarily want it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is such an interesting experience. But I, in that moment, I wasn't going to then go to him. Oh, why would you, why would you do that? Or like that's silly or just listen to your body because He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. And he's obviously not looking to me for advice. So I just kind of decided to move on and do my own shop and just like not get, you know, also not, I think what happens to a lot of people is that they think, oh, well, this person that I'm with, whether it's a partner or a friend or whatever is checking the nutritional content. Oh no, I'm going to be less healthy than them. I should probably do what they're doing as well. You know what I mean? So it's just about reminding yourself that like just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean that you instantly have to follow them like you're not a sheep stand in your power do what feels good for you and just let that person do their own thing as well and that's really like a being able to be empowered in your own decisions as well which takes time yeah and it's and it is your own journey yeah you know i had someone dm me on instagram the other day and he's in london and in lockdown mm. and his flatmate is just obsessed so he's doing like three hit workouts a day yeah. and the protein shakes are going in the morning and he's like seeing him like you know get the egg whites out mm. and that's really triggering yeah. for him and we were just talking about the fact that you've been there and you've done that and you know that that doesn't work for you yeah and also does he seem happy? Mm. And he was like, no, he seems miserable. And the thing about dieting is it's the short game, whereas intuitive eating is thinking about the longer term. So yes, it might be uncomfortable at the beginning, and yes, it might feel really difficult, but you're on the road to freedom and healing, whereas with dieting, you're just on the road to more suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's just like little stepping stones to get I don't even know like yeah yeah for sure and I think that's that's the I think that's probably one of the biggest barriers with intuitive eating is that it is a long-term approach I suppose when which can be so difficult when we're so used to just like being on our phones and instantly getting answers or ordering food and it being here in like 10 seconds you know like we really do crave that like quick fix all the time which is why the allure of dieting gets gets yeah. us so much yeah. yeah and 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 the allure of the external rules yeah so you know there's something i i've got a rule i know what it is i can follow it whereas intuitive eating is asking you to listen to what your body yeah. is telling you and that's something that maybe you haven't listened to for a really Ever. long time yeah. so the, the other the other principle i love is um principle number five which is discover the satisfaction factor and for me this one was so fun and exciting Mm. so this is a real this is a real pleasure-based principle so you know obviously in diet culture a lot of the time food is just considered to be fuel fuel i hate that yeah yeah (laughs) and Food is meant to be pleasurable. And so how can you make the whole experience pleasurable? How can Mm. you make the way your food looks pleasurable? How can you make the setup of the table be pleasurable? And what else do you need to to make you feel satisfied? Mm. So for example, does an apple make you feel satisfied? How long does the kind of fullness last for? Mm. Would it be more satisfying if you had that apple with some peanut butter? But what is satisfying to your body, not somebody else's body. Mm. So playing around with that was so fun for me because I hadn't thought about what satisfied me. Mm. I thought about what was the lowest calorie and the Mm. quote-unquote healthiest. So discovering that was, yeah, I love that principle. 
Yeah, I love that as well. And I think going back to what we were saying at the start with like different phases, like sometimes I go through phases of just being like obsessed with a certain food and it will feel really exciting for me. Mm. And then I just get really, really over it. Like whatever, I can't even think now what it would be. But I think I went through a massive ice cream phase all of lockdown and I was so obsessed with it. And I just gave myself like full permission to eat it every single night. And when you do that every single night, it's not like you eat an entire you know, thing of ice cream, whereas my housemate on the other side, no shade to him, <laughs> but my housemate on the other hand will eat like an entire pint at one night and be like, oh, I feel so sick and then won't do it for like a week or whatever. Um, but now I'm just like really off it. But it's it's so it's so interesting that that happens because you think that you're when you're really obsessed with something for a while, you think, okay, well, the, uh, yes, like I'm going to be into that forever. And then you almost get into this weird stage of like, oh, because I liked it once, I should continue to like it. But it's kind of okay to just be like, oh, I can come back to that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really weird. And even you were saying this about salads, how you like got really off that for a while. But now you're kind of back into it. And it's just interesting how your body like really naturally has these kind of, I wouldn't even call it a craving. It's just more like a, just a a preference for things. Yeah. When you start to really give yourself permission to actually think about what satisfies me and it changes like it's just, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And with salads, I think it was discovering the satisfaction factor. Yeah. So I d- didn't want salads because they were so connected to, to dieting. Yeah. But then recently it's been hot and I've been like, oh, wow, but I can add like feta and yes. olives and nuts and a delicious dressing. <laughs> yeah, and not just having like a plain garden salad. Oh, with like tuna and water. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, yeah, so discovering that and going, yeah, it can actually be really enjoyable. And also... When you really want something and Mm. you allow yourself to have it, Mm. wow, it feels good. Mm. Like I remember at the beginning of this, just having this, I've never even really liked them, but I really wanted an almond croissant. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And it it was like a, it was honestly like a spiritual experience. Like I just wanted it. And so I went to the shop and I bought it and I ate it and everything about it just felt so good and so right. And I was like, that's amazing. And I just felt satisfied. Yeah. You know, yeah. so much of the time in dieting, we go like, oh, okay, I feel like an almond croissant, but instead I'll have some rice cakes with, you Almond know, butter or something. Almond butter that i That's I've, unsalted or like, yeah. Yeah, and then I've weighed out and then you have that and you don't feel satisfied. So you go back for something else. Mm. And that's why people end up binging because yep. potentially at the end, they do have the almond croissant and then think I've ruined it all and then go and eat everything. Yeah, inside. absolutely. I always talk about how like food is satisfying in so many more ways than just nutritionally so if something doesn't really excite you when you're eating it yeah maybe it might be the right amount of calories or it might have enough protein in it and it should satisfy you but if you don't actually really want that and it's not what you truly desire it's not going to be satisfying even if it's the most wholesome meal that you can eat yeah exactly and there are also times as an intuitive eater where you eat something and isn't that satisfying and that's fine too because you know that there's another meal around the corner and totally. you, know, you can have that experience And, and not every meal needs to be this like huge thing either. I think that's, that's the other thing. Like when I first stopped dieting and kind of giving myself permission to eat food, I was very like excited about everything that I was eating. And I, I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, well, it's got to be really tasty and really satisfying and really good and like really exciting to eat. And yes, that's important, but also it's okay to just eat like you know, bait like chill foods and just eat like, oh, I just ate a salad and whatever. Now I'm moving on and you forget about it and you just know that there's going to be a next meal, a next exciting thing that you can eat later down the track and, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself either. Yeah, yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so the other one that is one of my faves is principle number nine, which is movement, feel the difference. And what I like about this one is, so this, um, the intuitive eating book, there was a fourth edition this year and they actually mm. changed that principle. So it used to be exercise, but they actually changed the word from exercise to movement because mm. for so many people, exercise just reminds them of punishing exercise mm. in their diet days that they did even if they didn't want to even if their body was sore even if they were tired mm. so the point of this is that joyful movement mm. what exercise or what movement would you still do if it had no impact on the size and shape of yeah your body? yeah definitely i love that so much i was doing a journal prompt this morning um that was like what makes what brings your physical body and your um like soul together I can't remember the exact wording of it and the first thing that came to mind was like going to the gym class that we go to together and it's something that I'm really enjoying now had you have asked me two years ago I probably wouldn't have been so into it yeah. but I just love it at the moment because like I don't have to look at my phone for 45 minutes we can pick however hectic we want to go like you could go in there and lift like a kilo the whole time and no one would judge you for it which I think is so nice yeah. and it's just like listening to the music and it feels really like it does feel really like this really like sense of like my mind and my soul coming together with my body and getting to like just be really present. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And thinking about those other things that movement or exercise do for you. Exactly. Other than, you know, changing your body. Mm. Like for me, it's the same. It's so good for my mental health just yeah. to be in a different zone. Totally. And also for me, giving myself the permission to do different types of movement. So Absolutely. for me, it was always really heavy, heavy weights all the time. And now I'm just like, yeah, sometimes weights, sometimes walking, sometimes yoga, and really listening and having more diversity. For some people, it might be remembering what they did as a kid yeah. and what they loved as a kid and going back to those kind of things that spark joy yeah. and not just, you know, exercising because want to change your body and punishing yourself it shouldn't be like that it doesn't totally. need to be like that yeah yeah totally i love that yay cool That's yeah so cool. and i think you said you were going to put maybe a link to the 10 principles yeah. in the show notes so people can yeah i've never done them. like in a specific intuitive like obviously everything that i do when i talk about food is always like infused with eating intuitively but i've never done a specific episode on intuitive eating if that mm. makes sense so yeah we'll definitely link that in the show notes and so that people can have a little look of that as well great yeah um another thing that we often talk about all the time is how not dieting and not putting and we even said this at the right at the start of the podcast having all of this energy put into dieting and then not dieting anymore and i think that's actually what a lot of people get maybe not um, consciously worried about, but like subconsciously worried about this feeling of like, well, if I'm not dieting and I'm not trying to get to a goal, then what am I doing? And what am like, who even am I? Yeah. So now that you have kind of found a new way of approaching food and looking after your body, do you feel like that's opened up the ability for you to do other things or like, you know, what, what else are you studying? What else is making you excited at the moment? Yeah, ab absolutely. Opened up so much mental space and so much time so the last kind of you know the end of my dieting yeah. was macro counting and just the amount of time that mm. i spent putting things in my fitness pal and meal prepping was just right. crazy yeah. so yes so much more time and mental when energy was that? when did um, you stop macro counting 
gosh, not even that Maybe long May? Ago. April? April? Yeah. Yeah, right. So not even that long ago. Yeah, nice. Um, but it was such a huge shift. Yeah. And yeah, so much space opened up. So then I just became so interested in intuitive eating and just read so many books and podcasts and started to really meditate a lot more and started yoga. And it just, yeah, it, it just, I think dieting keeps you very small mm. and very kind of focused and tunnel vision on this one thing. And you just miss so much of the, you know, the rest of life and all the other interesting things. So yeah, it's given me a load of, of space. Mm. And I guess for me, when I think about, so I stopped macro counting maybe like Mm, two years ago probably mm-hmm. can't remember anyway and I just feel like the past two years when I look back on my memories has been so much more colorful mm-hmm. and just the ability to be like spontaneous and adventurous and to just put energy into other things and to just say yes or and you know also the other really amazing thing has been when someone has like randomly offered me a slice of cake I used to always get this feeling of like, oh my God, should I do it? Should I not do it? Oh, I really shouldn't do it. But then I would do it anyway because I'd feel like, you know, you'd have that kind of like fuck it moment. Whereas now I just have this moment of like, do I want it? Yes or no? And like to be able to say no and then just not think about it again is very relaxed. You know, it it then then gives you the energy to be in that scenario or that situation and just like be chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so fun to be Mm. spontaneous. You know, I went around to my friend's place for lunch and she's an amazing cook and she sent me a message beforehand saying hey is there anything you don't eat and in the past I would have been really anxious about yeah. going around not knowing what was being cooked but I was like no I eat anything and yeah. I went over and the food was so delicious and it was just such a awesome moment and in the past I would have been probably sitting there while we were having this really awesome conversation thinking about the food and how I was going to you know, make up for it later or how I was going to put it in my fitness pal. And life is just too short and precious to waste time doing that. Yeah, when you go on that journey of intuitive eating, I still to this day have moments where I think, oh God, it's so good that I can just like go to the shops and just like, you know, even on a Sunday night with my girlfriend to just be like, what what do we want to eat? And not think, oh, well, I've eaten badly all weekend, so I should get chicken and just eat whatever. It's like, what do we feel like? And then we'll like get, you know, like garlic bread and make, drawn pasta and just like have ice cream afterwards and it's just like so fun to get to do that and then it builds connection with other people and yeah yeah, you always have moments like that which is what I always talk about on the podcast as well is like even though going through the struggles of dieting and feeling insecure about my body was obviously challenging it's given me so much gratitude for getting to have those experiences now of enjoying food and just like being present in the moment yes so so much gratitude Mm. I have gratitude for just just being able to eat what I want yeah. when I want it is yeah. just the best. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, once you start becoming more intuitive with food, that intuitiveness, I don't know if that's a word, yeah. uh, kind of seeps into the rest of your life yeah. as well. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I just feel so much more in tune with my intuition in all areas of life. Yeah. Which uh, is amazing. Absolutely. I would say, like, this year has been the most intuitive year of my life and it's no surprise that I've not been dieting for over two years as well like so true like the more because intuition is a practice so the more that you're practicing with what you're eating and listening to your body then that starts to feed back into other areas of your life okay well how do I feel like exercising today what do I feel like doing tonight and 
it's just all giving your your yourself practice to do that hey? yeah and yeah. you're just listening to those nudges you know what what used to happen is i'd get a nudge oh i want that food and i'd be like oh no you can't have that that doesn't fit that's not quote unquote healthy yeah. but now i get the nudge and i listen to it so that happens in all other areas of life too yeah and you become more open to those nudges as well because i'm sure They've always been there, like your intuition or your signals or those nudges. But because you're so layered and so listening to your mind and fears and worries, you just don't even... Like there's so much noise over the top of the nudges that you just they go completely missed, whether it be with food or even just like, should I message this person or should I do this thing? And then you miss all those little like kind of stepping... All those little like clues to doing what you want to do kind yeah. of thing. And so when you... And that's really the, the journey and why it is such like a, a life-changing journey because when you stop dieting and listening purely to that dieting rhetoric, it allows you space to listen to other things that your body, which your intuition has been telling you to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and now in terms of on your Instagram, by the way, we will definitely leave your Instagram linked in the show notes because it is amazing. You m- mentioned... Um, about how now that you're eating intuitively, mm-hmm. your digestive issues <laughs> have magically disappeared. And I experienced this as well. I, my, I mean, my whole family has sensitive stomachs. We've always grown up like that. But like eating in a chill way and also managing my stress, and I think it's, it's obviously comes together. My stomach, I, I rarely get bloated, you know. I rarely have digestive issues. I'm regular, all of those things. <laughs> Good to know. Thanks. But I didn't know, but like I didn't used to be, you yeah. know, when I was fully dieting. Like I just, it would just be all over the place. And I, I would, I remember so distinctly the feeling of just constantly being bloated all the time and constantly feeling uncomfortable in my stomach. Whereas now I just, I literally eat whatever I want. And obviously I try to make sure I eat enough vegetables. But even then, my body just still tells me, like, I just can listen to it. And I just feel like my stomach is just, it's so much more comfortable. And also, when when you don't feel so bloated all the time, again, you can listen to your intuition even better. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I didn't realise for ages um, that that had happened with my digestion. Yeah. And, until, I don't know, months in, where I suddenly was just like, oh, oh where, where are they? I don't really have yeah. them anymore. And I had them for you know, 20 mm. years and I had been to see every alternative practitioner and of course they had eliminated foods from my diet yeah. because that's always what's blamed. But, you know, digestive issues can be from not eating enough mm. or for me, for sometimes, I was just eating too many vegetables, mm. you know, and you, it, it's all about balance, you know, and when you're cutting out food, you're not having a wide array of food mm. either. And the biggest thing for me is thinking about how anxiety manifests itself in your gut. And when you're anxious about what you're eating and food is something which brings you worry and and fear, then that affects your digestive system. And so I think just suddenly being free, just, yeah, they're pretty much gone. Yeah. It's, yeah, because if you think about it, I guess to like bring it to a very specific thing if you're really nervous about say you're about to go do like a public talk or like you you know even if i can remember like when i used to do like speeches at school or whatever your stomach that's that's what anxiety does to your stomach right your stomach feels you start to feel sick you might have to go to the toilet whatever it is and if you're living with that like chronic low-grade anxiety all the time being thinking of like is this the right thing to eat am i going to gain weight like those are all anxious thoughts that's not how you are designed to be in your most natural Mm. state 
of course it's going to have an impact on your gut and we also know that like the gut's connected to well obviously it's the way they experience the world so if you're not feeling well in your gut you are going it's gonna it's all just like a vicious cycle yeah. isn't it yeah and your mental health and stress levels are just as important as the food you yeah eat when it comes to your gut yeah for sure so yeah i was just really surprised about that and i think also just that my body is properly satisfied mm. and properly nourished and i think you know people don't realize when they're dieting that even just being in a little bit of restriction or even just being a little bit underfed your body recognizes that, yeah yeah you know if you're not just fully satisfied yeah yeah for sure it's yeah it's wild and it's just like and even before when i was saying i try to make sure i eat enough vegetables it's not i don't know it's such an it, it takes a while to get used to like trusting that your body's gonna eat enough but i really i don't even really think about it that often i, I really do just like listen to what my body's feeling like and notice okay maybe the past couple of that like, you know i don't know it's just like it's really hard to describe the sensation of trusting your body and just knowing that you're going to get enough of what you need without necessarily needing to think about it. Yeah, because we're told we need to micromanage yeah. it. And if we don't micromanage it, we won't be healthy. Yeah, and the other thing about the digestive issues is I think in this culture, in the wellness culture, everything is blamed on food. Mm. So we think that we have to cut things out. But maybe it's better off to look at your disordered relationship with food yeah. and how that might be causing some of the problems because I just don't think that's investigated as much as oh you know you need to cut out gluten oh, sugar dairy yeah everything else and then that just creates more food fear around food yeah it's quite a um and I guess this is the whole thing with like western medicine is that it's so symptom based as opposed to like prevention or like getting mm. to the root of the cause you know oh okay you you have this digestive thing maybe if we take this one food out it will like but then it's just almost avoiding the problem and then it just gets worse anyway you know instead of thinking okay well what's the global issue that might be here maybe it's the way that you're approaching food but you know you go if you were good to go to the doctor most of the time that can you ever think of a doctor that would suggest that do you know what i mean like mm. i feel like it they're like cut out this thing or yeah it's it's tricky isn't it yeah, and I just, I'll give an example. Like I used to have, you know, Magnum, and which I guess most people know what it is, but it's like, you know, an ice I cream covered ice cream. in delicious chocolate. Like tempered chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And when I used to eat that, I used to get the worst stomach pains mm. afterwards, like really bloated, a really yeah. kind of hard stomach. And I was just like, there must be something in that. There must be something in that that just doesn't agree with mm. me. Amazingly, now that I've got this freedom with food, if I eat a Magnum, nothing happens yeah. so it was almost like it was the fear around mm. eating it and all the kind of cortisol in my body that was the stress hormones that were rising yeah. that was kind of creating that's so that. interesting so i love magnum yeah the magnum in the tub have you had that before no but i feel like i just like my <sighs> own little i just i like it on a stick oh my god i <laughs> so, love it in the tub my my mum and my sister like eat it every single night and it's just the best. I love it. You buy it in the tub and you like crack it up and you just like have the Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that another I, go. It is an official record for me. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like this next question that I have here kind of feeds into what we were talking about a little bit, but um, you did a quote on Instagram that I really like, which is, it's normal to want things to change, but to fear the change at the same time. And that's so true. Even with food, it's like, okay, I don't wanna feel this way, but I'm gonna keep moving forwards with this approach because that's what I've been told I should do yeah. or I don't want to feel self-conscious in my body but I'm going to keep 
you know, approaching my body in this same sort of way. So like, how, how do you manage that feeling, I guess, and, and, and moving into something that feels uncertain because I guess generally intuitive eating or whatever is something that people haven't done before. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many fears around it. You know, I really want to stop having this anxiety and worry around food and I want food freedom, but I also don't want to gain weight. Yeah. So huge. My my thoughts about this are just feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And just because something feels scary or uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not right or something that's going to serve you better. Mm. And, you know, often the, the hardest and most challenging things in life are the most transformational mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it was the fear of staying the same and doing what I was still doing yeah. was worse than yeah. the fear of something changing. Like, I just was not prepared to do this for another year. It kind of, this flash came to me on my birthday and I was like, I'm not going to keep doing this for another year. I'm not going to waste another year in this same cycle it's Mm. just not worth it and my mental health became more important than my weight yeah and I think the other thing is allowing yourself the intensity of the emotions that you're feeling yeah because it is it is uncomfortable Mm. and it is really deep work so allowing yourself to sit with those feelings even though they're uncomfortable and keep keep going anyway yeah i definitely found when i like let go of dieting and i kind of like came to this place of initial like what's the word of like just being feeling really excited around food and i was like oh this feels amazing and then i feel like very randomly i had this like wave of emotions like slap me in the face that i'd probably been avoiding thinking that oh okay well once i get to my dream body i'll be fine and then i kind of like untangled my relationship with food a little bit and I had this like glimmer of like feeling really good and it was so interesting because then afterwards it almost like shifted into like just I don't know I just started to like feel all of these emotions very quickly and then that's when I started to like go to coaching and more therapy and everything like that Mm. but I think like normalizing that as part of the experience because obviously when you're dieting you're completely turning away from listening to your body so that when you stop or when you're trying to diet when you stop yeah sometimes those emotions do come up and hit you in the face and you you and, and and you can only avoid it for so long anyway like it's going to come up in some shape way or form anyway and the only way out is through i suppose so yeah i can i can relate to yeah that well. and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of um peeling back of you know layers and mm. your beliefs so if you're really scared of gaining weight what's yeah what's kind of behind that there's more there's more than that you know what are your beliefs behind totally. it and I really love, there's a story about the, the Buddha and he, um, his challenging emotions like doubt and fear and anger are manifested in the god Mara. Mm. And rather than uh, ignoring Mara or pushing Mara away, he actually invites Mara around to tea. So it's like, oh, come on, mm. be the guest of honour, come into my house, sit on this cushion, yeah. we'll have a cup of tea together. So it's the same with those difficult emotions is kind of inviting them in, yeah. you know, acknowledging them and having tea with them, yeah. getting to know them. Yeah. And, you know, he says, I know you, Mara, I see you and, you know, uh, you're here. So it's like, you know, okay, yeah, I acknowledge I am fearing this. I fear weight gain. I know it, I see it and I'm going to allow it in so you can kind of, you know, 
work through it. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so important. And I think knowing that like you can feel upset or angry or worried and still be like progressing as well and just being like that's all part of the journey and that doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong it just means that you're a human being with emotions yeah and body image work is a practice yeah it's not like you know one day you're just gonna get up and go oh oh, i love my body i'm gonna love it i'm so hot (laughs) i'm so hot and that's it (laughs) love my body for the rest of my day all day every day yeah yeah totally it's a practice and it's also like yes some days you will have bad body image days but just knowing that you're more than your body and you know, moving on mm. to something else and not just allowing that to totally, you know, take over your whole day. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, so I've got one more question I'm going to ask you before we go into the rapid fire questions. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm really interested to hear from your perspective around being a parent to your beautiful six, seven year old? Uh, six and a half year old. Six and a half, almost yeah. there. Going on 16, I feel. Going on yeah. 16, yeah. <laughs> the sass. <laughs> the sass, the absolute sass. Yes. Yeah. Um, because when we were working together, you'd give me these really cool insights of like watching your daughter and the way that she would be eating food. And I feel like that is so... Like, obviously, we all are children at some point, And when you're a child, you very naturally have these, like, fullness and hunger signals. And something that you said to me was, like, even if it's her favorite food, she'll eat a bit of it and then just kind of, like, get mm. over it and forget about it. So, I guess from you, for you, like, being a parent, how has that influenced your own journey in intuitive eating? And then also, how do you support her in continuing to listen to her intuition and her body, I guess? even in a world that is still, you know, I guess we're making lots of progress with like diet culture and that kind of thing. But like, yeah, how are you making sure that you feel like you're supporting her listening to her body? Yeah, so yeah, you're right. I mean, the thing is with intuitive eating is we're not actually, it's not something completely new because we're Mm. all born as intuitive eaters. You know, babies, you know, eat when they're hungry, stop when they're full. So what I've learned from her, she has this really cool thing. She calls them her chewy monsters. Yeah. And she has like a certain amount of chewy monsters. And when the chewy monsters are gone, so they kind of explode as she's yeah. eating, as they're gone, she's just done. So yeah, it can be her favorite food That's and she so can cool. really just listen to those mm. signals. So I loved watching her when I was at the beginning of the journey. So, you know, and there's lots of research about the negative impact of diet talk around kids. And categorizing food as good or bad, or even, and they do this in the school curriculum a lot, as you know, quote unquote healthy mm, and unhealthy, mm. means that kids feel like they're good or bad if they eat a certain way, and it creates shame around food. Yeah. And kids are just taking everything in. So everything you say around your body, everything you say around food, if you're complimenting somebody else on their weight loss mm. or if they hear somebody complimenting you on weight loss, yeah. they're hearing that. Um, so what what I use with her is something called, there's a woman called Ellen Satter and she does something called the division of responsibility. So that's where the parents or where I decide what she eats, when she eats and where she eats and she decides the order and how much. Mm. So you don't say... Um, I want you to eat all that broccoli. You have to have a bite of that broccoli before you eat your dessert yeah. because that elevates the broccoli to a different status. Yeah. And you're trying to neutralize all foods. So yeah. they don't feel that certain foods are off limits because when kids feel like certain foods are off limits, yeah, they're going to want to eat that food yeah, more. Yeah, totally. And there was a study done with kids and M&Ms. Yeah. And they had yellow M&Ms and red M&Ms and they were told they shouldn't or couldn't eat the red ones. 
and of course their desire for the red ones just yeah, went through the roof yep. because we want what we can't have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's about neutralizing all food, getting her to build trust in her own body. And I think what a lot of parents, they get so worried about their kids having enough, you know, focus so much on their nutrition. Mm. They're not thinking about eating and the child's relationship with food in the long, mm. long term. Like you're building somebody to be an eater for life, mm. not just in the, the short term. And then I guess about, you know, her body. For me, it's about telling her that eating should be joyful. It's not just about the nutrients. It's also about the social and the emotional and the cultural part of eating. And health is more than just what you eat. Yeah. And I make sure that we focus on different things, not about the way her body Mm. looks. I don't ever comment on, you know really her body it's more about what her body can do yeah and the other things about her which are so special you know her kindness how funny she is and you know one thing that happens a lot and she actually said it to me recently she said mummy I think I'm fat Mm. and it was after she'd broken her leg and Mm. so she'd been in a cast for quite a while and probably hadn't been moving her body as much so it looked a bit different to her and our natural response would be to say, oh, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Yeah. But of course, what that does is reinforces the idea that fat bodies are bad bodies. Yeah. And it sets up this real fat phobia and then the diet cycle's kind of yeah. perpetuated. So instead I said, you know, what made you say that or what made you feel like that? There's absolutely nothing wrong with fat, fat bodies and I'm using mm. that there as a kind of neutral descriptor. And let's think about your amazing body. Like you broke your leg and now it's healing itself. And let's think about all the amazing other things your body can do. Mm. And there's some brilliant books that I've bought for her, which maybe we can link in the show notes. Yes, definitely. About loving your body and just all the amazing things that bodies can do and the diversity of bodies as well. So I try and expose her to a range of body sizes and different races so she can just see that all bodies Mm. are different. Yeah, and I I think that's even really helpful in conversation with a friend if they're speaking about like, oh, I feel fat or like I feel like yuck in my body to even just respond in that way because you're so right. If you're, our our gut reaction is to make someone feel better and be like, oh, no, no, you're like, you're amazing or whatever. But then you're exactly right. It does um, put into place that the idea that we should be worried about being fat or that we shouldn't call, Mm. you know, that that's something bad that we shouldn't have and that fat bodies can't also be beautiful or can't also be amazing or yeah you know what I mean yeah I love that that's so interesting that's going to be so helpful for so many people like yeah yeah I mean there's so much I could say about this one because a lot of my friends have started to ask me about Mm, about this uh you know that their kids just want to eat chocolate all the time but I've found that since I've allowed a lot more food because I was so strict about food before like I didn't want to eat any sugar or anything her relationship with food is just so much yeah like so different she used to you know always say i want this chocolate chip cookie from the cafe next door and just always you know pester me about it she just doesn't mention it now because if she wants something yeah like she's just got access to it in a different way how cool Mm. that's and that's a big piece of trust as well you know for being like trusting that your child's going to know what they want to eat because it's just like letting go and being like okay yep yeah. Yeah, I and, imagine. I, and I've read a lot about it and I follow a lot of yeah. Instagram accounts too because it's certainly not it's not easy and it does Yeah, go I can imagine. Yeah. You know, what you've been taught and For going sure. against the grain too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, um, we're going to go into rapid fire 
questions. Was there anything else that you kind of want to add? I know there's obviously so much that we can talk about, um, but was there anything kind of like last little? Um, oh, look, I only, the only other things is just to think about some some of the recent revelations oh, yeah. that I've had. You know, I think we said about it before, but just how amazing it feels when you give your body what it wants. Mm. Like it's just such a good feeling. Yeah. And just to remember that, you know, when you're dieting, how caught you are and how amazing that feels. And just also, you know, if you are at the beginning of this journey, starting to, for me, it was really helpful to look into the social justice elements of this as well. And to think about it, not just thinking about my own body, but also researching the racist roots of diet culture and fat phobia. Mm. And there's an amazing book called... um, Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings, which I read, which was really so helpful because, you know, and someone did an Instagram post about this the other day that your fear of weight gain is internalized fat phobia. Mm. So mm. that fear of gaining weight is, it's just so much bigger than your own body. And there is so much, you know, weight stigma and the impact of weight cycling is so damaging to people's physical health because they don't seek you know, healthcare and they get discriminated and against. stigma, yeah. Oh, the stigma in the, in the workplace, yeah. in intimate relationships when it comes to fashion. And so really, you know, researching that and delving into that information for me has been so eye-opening because, you know, people in marginalised bodies have a really, really yeah. hard time. Absolutely. I saw a meme the other day that was like, oh, no, I'm not fat phobic. I just don't want to gain weight. And it's like... That inherently is fat phobic, yeah. but people don't want to like associate. Like they think, oh well, I don't judge people based on what they look like, but they don't realize how internalized and just like a part of the social fabric that really is. Do you know what I mean? Like they just think, well, I don't look at a fat person and deem them any less worthy than myself, but they don't want to be in that position. Which you know, it just it's like that. Therefore, you do have this like subconscious belief that like looking that way would mean you would get treated differently. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And all that's perpetuated by the media, you know. Yeah. So, and and I think also just that importance of acknowledging your own privilege too. Like mm. some of us are privileged, some of us have thin privilege. Mm. And acknowledging that and knowing that we have that. And so being in the world in a smaller body is easier. Yeah. For yeah. us, you know, if you're totally. straight sized. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good point for sure. Yeah, we'll leave that linked in the show notes, all those books, which is always helpful. Okay, so rapid fire. First question is, um, what's your favourite food? Uh, do you know, my favourite food, I feel like since starting this journey, it's less about favourites and just what I like want in the moment. In the moment, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So for me at the moment, I'm really into like all the summer fruit, like yeah. cherries and mangoes yeah. and watermelon. Yeah. Loving that. As I said, really loving, really much more exciting salads. Mm. And I just, I love ice cream too. I've always mm. loved ice cream. I know. I need to go down and do a Messina visit. I haven't been to Messina oh, in ages. I haven't been in ages either. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking then as well, like what if, what is my favorite food now? Like I don't even, I feel like I've just been so eating really, really, really whatever I want the past couple of months that I just like, I don't know. I don't even know if I have a food that I'm like really obsessed with at the moment. It's like your favorite food on the day. Yeah. In that specific moment. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think right now in this moment, I've just had like a delicious bacon and egg roll 
I've had a coffee. Like I'm just feeling completely content that I actually just don't feel like anything. You know what I mean? So I'm like, but what came to mind is like, God, I'd love to be in Italy right now eating pizza and drinking Aperol spritzes. I mean, I think we all would, wouldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Um, What's something you're working on within yourself at the moment? Uh, Definitely um, being in being mode rather than doing mode. Mm. I'm such a kind of doer and... You know, I get a lot of meaning out of being productive. So for me, slowing down, meditating and trying to just be more. Mm, yeah, and that's such a an opposition to what everyone else is doing. Like I feel like so often when I ask people how their day was, they'll be like, good, I did this, I got this done, I got so much done and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all, all bad. I didn't get what I wanted done. And it's mm. like, can we not just like, how did you feel? Like, what did you do today that make you feel good? Isn't that enough to just have a good day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at at the moment. That whole, you know, resting is lazy, but resting is amazing. Yeah, it's juicy. Yeah. It's giving yourself permission to do it as well, for Mm. sure. All right, last question is, what does having a peaceful body mean to you? Peaceful body for me means feeling calm within my body Mm. and my body not being the cause of anxiety and fear. You know, your body's your home, so you want to feel safe and comfortable and peaceful within it and I think also the ability to be with my body and accept it as it is in the here and now Mm. without yearning for something to be different or where we want it to be you know where we want it to end up so you know you don't have to love the way you look Mm. or or have that body love all the time but totally important to make peace with it and feel you know at least as comfortable as you can within it totally yeah i mean i would i feel pretty confident in my body but that doesn't mean i walk around thinking all the time wow i look so amazing like it's just so it's actually the ability to be so detached from what it looks like and have a great day and still love yourself like still be content within yourself i would say yeah absolutely i love being trying to be neutral yeah so this is yeah maybe i don't love it today but it just is this is my body yeah Yeah. amazing this has been such a juicy episode do you want to just tell everyone where to follow you on instagram because if they have any questions maybe they can come and message you yeah yeah of course so it's um intuitively.eaten okay yeah and we will link that in the show notes definitely go and follow it because there's so many juicy quotes on there but thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your experiences and being so open this has been super informative really interesting and i just appreciate it so much